Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. We normally do these daily shows at 7.30, except on Thursday, so today must be Thursday. It is Thursday, September 8th. The reason we do this show 30 minutes early is because we start our series of interviews a half hour early. So we get this one done early for you on Thursday. Thank you. Like, subscribe, comment. Join the community at One Rental at a Time who are doing the work and moving forward. So again, folks, thank you so much for the support. I want to remind you, remind you about an event you have to set your alarm for. It happens today. Today at 10 a.m. Pacific, you are going to get the opportunity to interact with Thatch Nguyen. If you don't know Thatch's story, here it is in a nutshell. He and his family were on the last transports out of Vietnam. They lived in a refugee camp. They lived eight people in a one-bedroom home. He came from nothing. Thatch Nguyen's story of accomplishment, work, effort is legendary. Thatch's story is so powerful. He was the reason I spent thousands of dollars to go down to the SoCal event hosted by Ty and team earlier in the month. His closing presentation was that meaningful to me. What you will hear from Thatch are things like do the work, focus, discipline, very much what is anchored with one rental at a time. And I am so gracious, pleased that he agreed to do a live session interacting with you. You will get to post comments and questions and things of that nature. Just like it was a Three Amigos show, this time with Thatch. So it's going to be fun. I really do. So set your uh, set your alarm for 10 a.m. Come right back here. We will be doing a live session. It will be recorded. So if you miss it, you can watch it on replay. Next, let's talk about housing crash. Folks, if you've been watching my channel for any length of time, you know there are some, some countries that actually make the United States look affordable. We have talked about New Zealand, Australia, Canada, with affordability levels that are much worse than the United States, with adjustable rate mortgages, with teaser, or not teaser rates, excuse me, trigger rates, sorry, wrong T, trigger rates. Now Goldman Sachs has come out and said, you know what, one rental at a time, you are right. Goldman Sachs is calling peak to trough. It is very important. This is not a one-year call. This is a peak to trough. New Zealand could fall 21%. Australia, 18%. And Canada, 13%. Now, I haven't looked at any great detail about Australia or New Zealand, so I would withhold judgment. But the more and more that I look at Canada, and what might or could happen. I don't know if 13% peak to trough. It might take years. I don't know if that's enough, right? 
the the uh, Central Bank of Canada just raised interest rates again yesterday, 75 basis points after doing a full one point a month before. So I just don't know. I mean, I'm it's that it's the it's the loan product and the ability to have resets on mass that really makes me have flashbacks PTSD to what happened in the United States in 2007, 8, 9, 10. So again, Goldman Sachs is calling that. 30-year mortgages. It felt like it was just yesterday, and I think it was three or four days ago, we were talking on this channel that I was very afraid that we are going to stair-step to 7% 30-year mortgages. Why was I afraid of that? Well, we bring on many millionaires on this channel, and we talked about what happened in June in their markets. It might be Beth on Tuesdays, where she talked about her market crashing 50%. It might be Omar or Adrian or Anna or all these other amazing investors that talked about the market just coming to a halt. Why did it do that? Well, rates, rates went through 6%. Yesterday, folks, where is it? There it is. Rates got to 6.25. That is not quite psycho peak. Uh, I talked to Matt, the mortgage guy yesterday, and psycho peak was actually 6.28. Kind of the same deal. I think we are going higher. It will not be a straight line. It's not like continually up. We will have ups and downs. But I think there is more and more belief that the Fed is going to raise rates. We'll just go to the bottom here. Oh, you can't quite see it. Oh, look at that. Oh, let's turn that down. So at the very bottom, sorry, it was just off screen. I believe the Fed is going to do what we've talked about. 75% in September, 50% in October, 25% in December, the next three meetings. And then just for just because it's fun, I'm calling for two one-quarter point raises in the first half of 2023. No pause, no pivot this year. There will be a rate increase every meeting. I think we get our third 75 basis point move on the 21st. I think we get a 50 after that. And we end the year with a 25. Hey, Kip, thank you very much for the super chat. I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So again, what happens if the Fed funds, because again, if we go up a point and a half between now and the end of the year, that gets the Fed funds rate, if I'm doing my math correctly, to 3.75. If the funds rate, the overnight rate is 3.75, what is the, the two-year? What is the 10-year? Right, I think the two-year, I didn't look today, is like 5.55, something like that. I did not look today. The 10-year is up. Again, if the Fed funds is 3.75, the 10 years got to be 4.75, 5? I think the 30-year mortgage, again, like we talked about, could hit 7%. The Fed's not slowing down. We talked about on Sunday, Jerome Powell had a a speech this morning. He's already had the Q&A. I have not watched it. It was just too early. Uh, But... What it said in the Q&A, I read a quick synopsis, is people that are expecting a pause or a cut are are misguided. It's not coming. 
we are going to keep rates higher longer than you expect. We will not repeat the stop and go rates of the 1970s. You got to believe him until he's proven otherwise. I mean, he seems to have caught religion. He walked up to Mr. Market two weeks ago now, kicked him in the nuts like we have been calling for. Rip the Band-Aid off. Rip the Band-Aid off. Well, he's ripping. So we should take him at his word. Next, oil. I don't know if you've seen oil. What do we got here? Hey, Betty, how are you doing? Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, Betty. I greatly appreciate the super chat. Um, I turned them on because obviously YouTube likes it. They get paid. They get a big cut of this. But it helps more and more people see this. So super chats are very helpful. Thank you very, very much. Let's talk about oil. Oil, 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 oil. Oil could be an early indicator. Remember, I think it was just two days ago. It might Actually, it was Monday. What is today? Thursday? Monday. Labor Day. OPEC shocks the world, says we are cutting output. Now, in fairness, it was 100,000 barrels of oil. But still, it was a cut. Oil did what you would expect, right? You reduce supply, prices go up. Two days later, yesterday, oil falls $5. It's now at 82, I think it was 83, sorry, 83 bucks. What do you think this means? If you've been watching my channel for any length of time, you probably have a good idea because we talk about how things are connected. Let's do it one more time. Oil is a base commodity. It is used in everything. Not quite everything, but you get the point. We have this event going on, this war in Ukraine, in Russia. Again, Russia is you know, not delivering oil and gas and all of this more supply off market. That is how oil raced to 130 or 140 or whatever it is. But now it's at 83. What do you think this means? based on everything we talk about. It means that the oil market is saying, frankly, loudly, we have a global recession right in front of us. This is something we have talked about on this channel. In the last 50 or 60 years, we've had two global recessions. I believe we are staring at the third. 2023 is going to be it. It won't feel good. But if you watch my channel, you do the work, you're not scared, you have an emergency fund, you get close to revenue, you can make some serious moves. I am more excited about 2023 than I have been any year except 2010. 2010 was amazing. I would love a repeat of that. It's not coming. But other than 2010, I want you to hear me. 2023 is the second best year that as an investor, I'm excited for. We are going to see supply destruction, which means the stuff that is listed has a higher opportunity of being a motivated seller. As someone who has bought for motivated sellers before, it is awesome. It is not always about price. So many of you think, Price, price, price. And yes, price can be important. When you understand motivated sellers and seller financing, creative financing, you can create deals where you pay list price 
and get an amazing deal. It's so powerful. I hope you do the work. I hope you learn average. This is not someone sitting here saying we're going to have 10% appreciation. In fact, I am sitting here telling you, and I've said it many times, I think housing could be rather boring the next five years. I don't care. I don't play for appreciation. You will not see appreciation in any of my teachings or talks. It's not, it's irrelevant to me. I try to buy something, cash flows day one, great yield because I did the work. I want to hold forever. And then lastly, I don't care what the cost of capital is. Cost of capital in my spreadsheet as an investor is one variable. If this is six and a quarter, eight and a quarter, 10 and a quarter, 12 and a quarter, I don't care. I put the number in the spreadsheet. I calculate other costs. I calculate rent. I look for the yield. In my market today, if it's not 9% or higher, I don't write the offer. It's that simple. So let's talk about 2023 because the list of well-known, well-respected economists and housing influencers, the list is getting really, really long for people calling for negative year-on-year housing market. Now, let's be clear. This is 2023. Nobody yet is calling for what I would call a crash. And in my channel, I call a crash 20%. I call a correction 10%, just so we don't split definitions. But the list of people that I, I know and respect that are calling for negative numbers next year, it's got my attention. Let's look at it. John Burns Real Estate Consulting. I've talked about them many times. I've interviewed Rick Policio several times. He's a wonderful man. Great data. A, a, a must follow on Twitter. If you guys aren't following John Burns Real Estate Consulting and Rick Policios Jr., you're missing out. Ivy Zellman. Ivy Zellman is perhaps one of the, no, I stand corrected. Ivy Zellman is the best expert on what the Fed is thinking, what they're doing. She plays the tea leaves beautifully. I respect Ivy Zellman like way up here. She is wonderful. She is calling for negative numbers. TD Bank, Allie Wolf. Allie Wolf, another great follow on Twitter. She is calling. Mark Zandi. Mark Zandi, another economist that I've... um, I think I spoke to Mark once in 2007, maybe 2008. I think Mark is very, very level-headed, very, very data-driven. He is calling for negative numbers. And then finally, Robert Schiller. Eh. Long list of people I respect calling for negative numbers. It's got my attention. Again, most of these calls are small negative numbers, like negative four negative three, but still negative, still price declines, not crashes, not corrections, but negative nonetheless. And let's be very clear. In all of these cases, these are nominal price declines. Nobody, housing is not often talked about in real terms. I'll do that at the end of the next, next piece, just to give you some taste and color. So, If that impressive list is calling for price declines, 
let's talk about who is calling for price increases. Now, again, let's remember, just like price declines, no one, no one is calling for a monster year. This is simply, hey, is it positive or negative? Who is calling for higher prices in 2023? Let me tell you this list. Being on this list, frankly, makes me nervous. And you'll see why in a minute. Zillow. God, I hate to agree with Zillow. <laughs> that's, that's frightening. Freddie Mac. Also frightening. Fannie Mae. Frightening. MBA Mortgage. That's not bad. They're, they're pretty data-driven. I, I like what they put out. CoreLogic. I love what CoreLogic does. CoreLogic. I like what they do. And then Goldman Sachs. And of course, yours truly, one rental at a time. Please remember, these are all nominal increases. Nominal increases on this list range from 1% to 5%. I am somewhere around 2 or 3%. Again, I believe, nominally speaking, housing is boring for five years. We must have wage inflation because affordability is horrible. And affordability is going to get worse. How can that be? Go back to mortgage rates going over 7%. Affordability is a simple, well, it's actually not simple. It is simple to understand. It is rate, price, income, wages. And I think the, the thing that makes this boring is wages have to inflate to make uh, housing more affordable. It is It's going to be a rough couple of years if you were paid on commission. In fact, I think right now, I think I interacted with um, Lance Lambert from Fortune Magazine on Twitter yesterday. I uh, put a note out that if rates hit 7% this year, that we could be sub 4 million total transactions. And again, remember, we did 7 million like yesterday. So again, pretty big crash in the housing market, as we've been talking about. So again, we already hit where uh, the Fed is going. Let me know what you think. What do you think the Fed will do? We have three meetings left. Go ahead and leave comments below. Do you think the Fed will, I think the Fed will go 75, 50, 25. What do you think? 75, 0, 0. What do you think it will be? I'd love to hear from all of you. What else do we got here? We got some earnings. Asana, beat top line, beat bottom line, gave strong guidance. GameStop, missed top line, missed bottom line. But announced a partnership with FTX. It, it seems like FTX is becoming the uh, life raft for a lot of crypto and meme stocks. American Eagle said expect increased markdowns and promotions to hit bottom line. We are seeing this a lot in retailers. Dave and Busters beat top line, beat bottom line, and same store sales uh, were more than expected. Going forward, ex-CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, says that the movie industry, the theater industry, will not, not ever return to pre-pandemic levels. Streaming is uh, taken over. So we're not going to return to 2019 levels. That got me thinking, what else in our lives will not go back to 2019 levels. Please let me know what you think. Leave comments below. I came up with two. 
two. One, I used to travel every week for my job. It's called business travel. I do not think business travel will ever see the 2019 peak. Yes, business travel will return some, but I don't see it going back to 2019 level. And two, office occupancy. I don't see downtown office occupancy going back to 2019 levels. So again, those are the two things that I can think about on top of the movie or movie theaters like Bob Iger, ex-Disney CEO. Let me know what you think. What will not return to 2019 levels? I'd love to hear from you. Folks, thank you for being a part of this channel. Like, subscribe, comment, interact with me. Let's have some fun. Don't forget to share videos that you like. And again, remember, 10 a.m., if you miss it live, you miss the opportunity to ask Thatch a question. And uh, I, I all I can tell you is I spent several thousand dollars to go see the man speak, and it was well, well worth it. All right, everybody, take care. Bye.